I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, my fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to R.I.P. Diets Season 2, Episode 17. We are tearing through Season 2, baby. And I am so delighted to introduce my guest for today. This isn't how I normally do things, but this guest is a hot commodity. And when else am I going to have the chance to record with him? He's just in such high demand. And I have him here for you today, my gorgeous and flawless boyfriend, Andy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I mean, I am in high demand. I know you're joking, but there's so many other things that could be occupying my time right now. So many things. You could be playing video games. And I choose to spend it here with you discussing diet culture. I I mean, I couldn't be happier. I wanted to bring you on... Uh, Quite honestly, because I needed a little help today. But oh. also, you did a bonus episode with me on Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I got some comments that people liked our flow. People okay. like, you know. They like our back and forth. They liked our back and forth. It's almost like we spend a lot of time talking to each other. Yeah, way, way too much time, yeah. if you ask me. But, um, but on the Patreon, by the way, if you are not subscribe to the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rip diets and you can find bonus podcast episodes, videos, vlogs. I try to give you a more intimate look into my recovery and it kind of reads more like a video diary. There are definitely tidbits sprinkled in there about diet culture phenomenons and, um, and how I personally deal with them. But Andy and I recorded a podcast that was pretty much all about dating because I get uh, I get a fair amount of questions about dating in the modern day uh, climate of diet culture and mm-hmm. people feeling insecure about what their partner's going to think of them or what their potential dates are going to think of them. Um and we had an interesting conversation. I feel like we just barely scratched the surface. but Oh, yeah. I mean, you could literally talk about this for hours. Could go on and on and on. It's like the most essential topic of all of humanity. Yeah. I feel like that's the motivation, right, for a lot of people is like, I want to get in shape so that I can be attractive to the opposite sex. Like, that. that's a very common thing. Yeah, that's why we built the pyramids, you know? Explain. I Pharaoh wanted to bang. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, know if no, that's... No further explanation necessary. It's motivated <laughs> all of uh, human... The sum of human existence and, and, and great works and art and culture. It's basically... Uh, it's everything. Yeah, and... Andy doesn't personally struggle with body image issues. Well, you know what? I'm not going to speak for you. Have you struggled with body image issues? Um, only in the sense that I was too skinny. Yeah. So you were a late bloomer growing up. You I were... was a late bloomer and I have the metabolism of a, of a small hummingbird. Yes. So I need to constantly be feeding myself or I am 
at risk of losing a pound a week, basically. It's so funny because I'm sure so many people listening are like, I wish I had that problem. But at the same time, if you really do have that problem, it can be really frustrating. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Especially as a guy, because as a guy, like, I feel like the ideal body image is you're supposed to be jacked and not, you know, girls, you know, not necessarily jacked, but like I used to wish that like I was, you know, just bigger in general. I didn't even care if it was not muscle, if it was like fat or something like I just wanted to be a more substantial presence. You just didn't want to be like this little weaselly kid. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to have little spaghetti arms. You know, it's not it's not a good I mean, unless you're in like, you know, like a punk band or something, you Mm -hmm. got a bunch of tattoos, you got some safety pins sticking out of your denim jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then being super skinny is a good look. If you're Travis Barker. Absolutely. But I mean, unless you really want to commit to that aesthetic, like you gotta, you gotta have uh, some some meat on your bones. Mm. And it takes a lot to commit to that aesthetic because you end up paying probably thousands of dollars worth of tattoos. Yeah, and think about all the hair dye you need for your mohawk. So much hair dye. You know, a lot of gel. You're uh, sitting there with bleach in your hair. It's rough. It's a rough life. You know, you gotta you gotta distress all your denim. You and know, and you have to learn how to play the drums. I mean. Yeah, or you could just go with the bass. That's a little bit easier. But True, or I personally know someone who's the screamer in a screamo band. You could be a screamer. Although that takes it's discipline, very too. very difficult. That takes yeah. discipline, it's too. It's really hard to do that and like not ruin your voice every time you do it. I feel is... like you would just ruin your voice inevitably. I mean... Well, I think there's a proper way of doing it. Like There's a correct way to do it, and if you do it that way, then you're not like frying your vocal cords every kind time of you like, yell. Like the pop and r&b divas of the 90s did not belt correctly so yes. now their voices are all shot. shot i'm looking at you mariah carey but it's Whoa. kind of the same well everybody knows this mariah carey ruined her voice because she okay you're looking at me like i just shot a baby deer i've never heard you say a single negative thing about mariah carey i'm not coming for mariah mm-hmm. i am a huge fan of mariah but everybody knows objectively her voice is not what it used to be because you know, these insane high notes and the insane range that she has that made her famous, I mm-hmm. will admit to that, also damaged her vocal cords quite a bit. It's a double-edged sword, folks. This Watch is our out. problem. We both have ADHD, so we just... We're getting we, off topic We're getting off topic. I thought we could start off with a listener DM. Oh, yeah. I found this in my inbox. Um, apologies to the person who wrote this, because I actually didn't see it until tonight, but... It's great because we're going to answer it. And I feel like Andy can definitely give some insight being that he is a gym rat. Do you Uh, identify as a gym rat? I mean, I wouldn't call myself a rat per se. (laughs) I'd consider myself more of a... uh, A gym mouse. A gym, yeah, a gym mouse, a gym otter, you could say, you know. Ooh, Uh, you're an otter in more ways than one. Yeah, like a a sleek gym machine. Okay, Yeah. yeah. Well, this question is all about the gym and gym related anxiety. Okay. Um, so just to brief you, because I know you've never listened to a single f- episode of my show. I have listened to you record basically all of them. So <laughs> it's not that's the false. same. It's not the same. I did an episode uh, probably about a month ago with this girl. Uh, I'm sorry, young woman, mm-hmm. Pamela Carey, who is a personal trainer and an author. And she wrote a book called Fit Intuition. Fit, and it's all about fit tuition. 
Sure, but it's called Fit Intuition. Gotcha. And um, it's all about getting in touch with your body, like a lot of the same concepts as intuitive eating, but not exactly intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. But I had her on and we talked a lot about fitness and and the ways that people kind of overdo it at the gym and how you can correct that and just like get more in touch with your body. It was a really interesting episode, but... Mm -hmm. This person says, hey, Emily, loved the episode with Pamela Carey and loved what you said to her about the gym being an intimidating place for women sometimes. I love fitness, but I still get intimidated by all the men picking things up and putting them down. Parentheses. And I get nervous sometimes that guys in the gym are looking at my butt while I work out. (laughs) I mean, they are, but there's nothing wrong with that. Hold your commentary. Okay. I also feel like other women at the gym can be judgmental or just not great vibes. Yesterday, I was on an exercise bike right next to another girl who was an absolute beast on the bike. Good for her, honestly. But the entire time I was on the bike, I felt like I was failing miserably because I couldn't pedal as fast or as long as she could. I felt a competitiveness and I'm not sure if it was coming from her or me or a combo of both. A couple times I saw her glance in my direction and I felt like she was judging the data on my bike screen. This could be all in my head, but it's a huge source of anxiety for me at the gym. Any tips on how to deal with this? Now, I know you probably can't speak as much to the other women um, being judgmental. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe maybe you can, but I want to start with... um, what you said in the middle of it, which is people are absolutely looking at your butt. That is not in your head. I mean, if you're a girl in the gym wearing leggings, people are looking at your butt. That's what leggings are for. <laughs> like, that's why people wear leggings is it makes their butt look nice. And it makes you feel cuter when you're working out. Yeah. And also, like... It's what- also... I mean, it's just good, objectively good material to work out in. Spandex. Yeah, for sure. It's very, you know, comfortable. Flexible. flexible. You got good range of motion. Um, I mean, but like... If people are checking out your butt, what's the issue, I guess, is my thing. Like, does that m- make you anxious? I think it makes her that- uncomfortable like yeah. to feel like she's being looked at, which I have felt that way before. I've actually expressed that to you before. Like, the mm-hmm. reason why I don't – I wear – night shirts to the gym like yeah. I wear big Hanes t-shirts I wear leggings but I always wear big t-shirts um and as of lately I've started to be more comfortable working out in like just a sports bra mm-hmm. but it does make me feel uncomfortable and I I used to and this is this is a tip that I can give this girl I used to sometimes tie a sweatshirt around my waist. Oh, that's a good move. Yeah. My, my sisters do that sometimes. Yeah. And it's I, have one, I have one sister who's very anxious about people like checking her out at the gym and she always wears She told you that she was anxious about that? I, I remember hearing a story of like her being on the treadmill and like feeling uncomfortable that people were checking her out. So she would tie a sweatshirt around her yes. waist. Yeah. Okay. So more people have caught on to this. I actually think it's a really cute, sporty look mm-hmm. and it does make you feel a little more covered up so you can do that but i i'm telling i'm telling you that's not in your head people are definitely people check each other out constantly i check people out of the gym yeah i know you check people out of the gym yeah but like here's the thing right is that like i understand that in today's culture and society there's this perception that the male gaze is somehow uh predatory or inherently bad i guess but in reality like Obviously, I don't have the same brain as every other guy out there, but it seems to me that for the most part, if someone's checking you out at the gym, it's just like, 
oh, huh, there's there's a butt. Cool. I'll move on with my day, you know? <laughs> right. It's not it's, like it's they're not, ogling your yeah, butt for an yeah, hour straight. It's not like they're staring at it and rubbing themselves underneath their pants while they <laughs> do it, you know? Like, it's it's not it's not that bad. It's not like they're, like, forming some kind of, like, virtual spank bank in their head that they're going to think about when they're home later. It's just like, oh, there's a butt. Nice. Let's Let's keep going. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. It's kind of like if people notice your butt, like, let them look. It is, like, kind of my thing but I do understand being a woman feeling really uncomfortable and like you can't focus because you're worried about that male gaze you know what I mean it's the same thing as being catcalled it's like yeah I'm never gonna see you again if you shout hello for me from the car but it just makes me feel objectified is the word right I mean but I sometimes feel objectified when I'm walking around without a shirt on and people are poking at my abs and like touching my pecs like I'm some kind of you know like little toy doll or something you love it I mean I do like it but like that's because I enjoy being objectified so like (laughs) maybe try and find some enjoyment in the objectification maybe you love being objectified because it's it's less honestly threatening to be objectified as a man that's true I mean that's true and that's uh I guess that's a like a difference in gender and and how i mean yeah i i I can't get into this right now with the real thought let's cut this out but uh i'm not gonna cut this out uh, absolutely not but i thought that was part of my uh thing here is that i was able to get like a jail get out of jail free card if i'm if i'm ever like if you say something actually fucked up then that's fine but it's okay we're just having a conversation and no it's and nothing that you're saying is wrong also i understand how you could think that i just personally know how from being in that situation, you know me. I'm not stopping every person on the street who looks at me and, you know, yelling at them and telling them that they're an asshole. Like, that's not what I'm about. I'm right. usually just like, go about my day. And if people want to look at me, they want to look at me. Um, to be honest, I don't even really struggle with that that much. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm very lucky that I haven't been harassed by many men in the street and yeah. stuff like that. But that, I mean, Here's I, here's one thing. Yeah. I mean, if people, you know, go to the beach and wear bathing suits on the beach, like going to the gym is a much more comfortable situation than being on a beach, in my opinion. Because so? in, in the gym, there's so many people. They're all focused on doing their own thing. They're not there to people watch. They're right. there to work out. You know, like people go to the gym with a purpose. Like it's very intentional. It's not like someone's sitting on a bench just staring at people at the gym like they're doing their own thing yes it's just like it's human nature to like look at other people around you and see what's going on see what's up right I would say at the gym other people are a distraction like I get distracted by other people if I see a girl with a really fine ass I'm looking at her and it's not you know I'm not trying to objectify her I just like butts Mm -hmm. and that's and I cannot lie but um But what was I going to say? Oh, but you're touching on something else, which is, you know, other people don't go to the gym to look at people. But do you think that judgmental people exist at the gym and people compare their exercising to other people or how many reps they do or anything, anything like that? Here's what I would say. I would say anyone who's doing I mean, I'm sure there are people like that sometimes, but anyone who's doing those things are just 
absolute complete tryhards and they're not worth your time and not worth thinking about in any way. I would also say that like the anxiety that she feels when she's on the bike and someone next to her is like going a little harder. Like I know that it's a it's an uncomfortable emotion, but maybe one could try to harness that uncomfortable feeling they have and that anxiety and turn it into, you know, more motivation to like keep themselves going like I know when I'm biking like in the park or something and there's someone in front of me who's like clearly a much better biker than me I kind of turn into like a little mini race in my head and I'm like pedaling a lot harder I'm going a lot faster trying to catch up with yeah all of my best like times have been when I'm like trying to race with someone who's not trying to race with me at all you know like I know being uncomfortable isn't inherently negative you know like it can be negative if you allow it to be negative but if you in your head turn it into a positive thing then it can ultimately result in more success right big wins big gains right and competition is not inherently a negative thing either like this part where she says she feels a competitiveness and she's not sure where it's coming from competition is not necessarily a bad thing it just like you said, that could motivate you to to work harder. But if it's bothering you, you can also get off the bike. For sure. You for can sure. get off the bike. You can use another machine. You could just walk to a different bike yeah. and not be next to this girl if she's making you feel. Because, and that's something that. Or maybe, I, you know, give her a little wink. See how she reacts to that. Ooh, oh, you think? Oh, I mean, why not? I don't if she's know. making you uncomfortable, make her uncomfortable. No, I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's the way to go. I think like, especially because this girl's not even talking to her, and it could be in your head. You, it sounds like you're very self conscious at the gym. You could be reading into that situation. I and I know when I first started going to the gym, like senior year of college, and like the years after college. I'd go to the gym and I would often feel like there were other women on the machines next to me. I mean, back then I was doing completely different things. I was like on the elliptical Mm -hmm. and on the ski machine and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. If there was a woman on a machine next to me, kind of like turning her head and looking over, I did feel like people would compare their time to yours and their speed and their resistance to yours. But I I feel like in retrospect – it's probably because they wanted to make sure they were keeping up with you yeah. because people are inspired by competition. It's Absolutely. not necessarily a bad thing. Absolutely. Human beings are competitive animals, you know, like that's really what it boils down to. I would also say in general for people who don't feel comfortable with the gym, it, it, you will become comfortable. Like, absolutely. Like you were uncomfortable when we first started going to the gym. Like you didn't really feel all that. I didn't feel yes I was because I was trying to lift weights and I really didn't know that much about it and that's that's what I was talking to Pam Carey about was just the feeling as a woman when you're trying to go to the gym and you just see all these guys like picking up like deadlifting and you are just on the leg press like okay I'm just gonna sink into my little corner over here and it's a very specific emotion that I think you wouldn't really know if you're not a woman Mm -hmm. because there's just so many guys at the gym so i would actually say that guys who are lifting weights at the gym are not paying attention at all to women who are also lifting weights 
because they're not comparing themselves to the women lifting weights. Yeah. They're comparing themselves to the other, you know, the other monkeys in the zoo and seeing how much they're lifting and comparing themselves to them. Right. Like it's a male competition kind of who's the biggest alpha in the room sort of thing. Yeah. Like I would actually say that being a woman like lifting weights in the gym is probably a more comfortable situation for a woman than the situation that she just described where she's on an exercise bike and she has, you know, female Lance Armstrong next to her <laughs> yeah. pedaling like it's the fucking Tour de France. Laney Armstrong. Oh, that's a nice name. <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, this is never a good answer, but I would say f- try to focus on you and don't focus on other people because as much as you think that they are focused on you, they're really not... And if they are, if you really do feel that way, you can always just get off the bike and move to a different area of Mm -hmm. the gym and forget it ever happened. That would be my advice. Can I give another tip to all the listeners who go to the gym? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're listening to podcasts or Taylor Swift or, you know, soft rock or, you know, even like kind of slower music, stop. Stop doing that. Like you need to keep your like heart rate going. You need to keep yourself pumped up. Like find the like fastest, most intense music you can that you enjoy listening to, whether that's like some kind of electronic music or EDM, baby. Some kind of EDM or some kind of like heavier rock music or something. Listen to that. I promise, 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 promise you that you will lit you will lift, you will bike. 10 times better listening to something energetic than you are while you're listening to podcasts. Like you should not. I know we love podcasts here. I think you're talking to me because I listen to podcasts sometimes at the gym. I'm talking to literally anyone who goes to the gym. But were you inspired by the fact that I listen to podcasts? No, but I know that people listen to podcasts at the gym. Also slide in my DMs if you listen to Taylor Swift at the gym because that's that is very particular. You know what I mean? I'm like, Lubination like, on like Instagram. Any kind of just like keep yourself pumped. Keep yourself going. Yeah. Just grind it out, baby. You yeah. got it. Also, guys at the gym, if there are any of you listening to RIP diets, um, maybe wear some longer shorts if you're going to do squats. <laughs> we were talking the other day about how... When guys are doing squats at the gym, they hike up their shorts so far. Yeah, it's because you need to have like range of motion on your legs, you know. know, But you get range of mo you get range of motion without me seeing both your balls. (laughs) That's I mean, it's really obscene. Um well thank you. I hope that something could be gleaned from our advice and that you go back to the gym and have an excellent time. Don't focus on other people. Just focus on you. Focus on you. You got this. And um, I also thought since I have you, oh. since I have you reserved yeah, for I'm this here. limited time slot. I got I got nowhere to be. And um, and I'm paying you and everything to mm-hmm. come on this show. Mm-hmm. I thought that we could talk a little bit about, you know, being in a relationship with somebody who is in recovery or, you know, not active recovery, but who, you know, this whole process is called recovery. Right. Um, and I'm just wondering, and also if the answer is you didn't teach me any of this, that's fine. But I don't think that's the answer. Before you met me, 
what would you say was your understanding? Sorry. What would you say was your understanding of people with eating disorders or people going through recovery? Uh, All I knew is that I saw them at the gym sometimes with like bone arms, you know, like I assumed that they all were like, you know, super bony. That's um, really sad when you see girls at the gym, like on the treadmill, on the and treadmill, they're, they're, like, walking away. And I r- know that I would like walk by them and be like, what is going on here? Like, why? Why is this girl sick? And why is no one telling her not to do this? Like, mm-hmm. she's like disappearing. There's a girl I know from high school who definitely had some kind of eating disorder of some kind, uh, either in college or right after college. And it, I, it would just make me very uncomfortable to see them. Um, but I didn't really have any knowledge whatsoever about how people recover, like what the situation is. All I knew is that it was like a legitimate like mental health disorder. Yeah. So that, you knew about anorexia. Yes. And like when you thought about anorexia, you would think of like super emaciated Super, women, super skinny. Which is what most people think of. But mm-hmm. did you know about binge eating? Did you know about, you know, laxative abuse? Like bulimia like did you know that no, this stuff happened as much not. as it does absolutely not because uh, i mean and i'm i'm someone who's friends with plenty of women but it was never something that came up and like yeah because they wouldn't confide in you about that right right right. it's like very personal and like not something that people like talking about right yeah and i guess how do you perceive it differently now um well, now I know that you can have eating disorders and not be that skinny. Like mm-hmm. people can have an eating disorder and you will just not know about it. It's just like something that's going on separate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'm more cognizant of the fact that you can have an eating disorder and it will present itself as a normal type, quote unquote, normal type of dieting. Right. Right. Like I like didn't... going on a diet, losing weight, then gaining weight, then losing. Yeah. Weight. Yeah. Like yeah. A lot like, of people do that. But yeah. you wouldn't say like I you wouldn't have call an that an eating disorder. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have called that an eating disorder. Um, what it is really is disordered eating, which is right. Di- right. And I understand there's a differentiation between mm-hmm. disordered eating and an eating disorder. And yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't really realize that it could like men could have eating disorders i didn't realize that was a thing i i honestly thought it was like because i thought all eating disorders were influenced by cultural kind of norms and because women had so much pressure put on them to have a certain body type they were the ones who were developing eating disorders and i know that they are the majority yeah but now i under also understand that men can too um yeah i think a lot of people think that too yeah, I mean, I'll- I think men don't talk about it at all. Like women don't talk about it nearly as much as it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But guys really talk about it even less mm-hmm. than women. Yeah, because men like internalize. They internalize. And also there's like this kind of like suck it up and, and do what you want to do kind of attitude. You know, like if I have a friend who, you know, barely eats it's like, oh, he's he's trying to be tough and 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 lose it's some. It's cutting shred- season. Yeah, he's trying to shred some weight, and like also the the environment that I've immersed myself in as someone who's like learning, who was learning about bodybuilding and gaining weight, is like a very matter of fact sort of. Uh, this is how many calories you should be eating if you're trying to bulk. This is how many calories you should be eating if you're trying to cut Mm -hmm. like these are your macros for gaining these are your macros for cutting and it was all it all seemed very scientific and very normal 
but I understand that there are probably men and women, but since we're talking about men here, who use those types of quote-unquote systems to hide their disordered eating or hide some sort of tough definitely eating disorder. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I bet. I mean, speaking of the gym, I bet a lot of the meatheads that you see in the gym secretly do have eating disorders. It's funny. A few episodes ago, I was talking about. Um, Vinny from the Jersey Shore Mm -hmm. and about how he like rebranded himself as the keto guido and was smelling licking the pepperoni on pizza and just like smelling chips Mm -hmm. and to me it's so obvious he has an eating disorder but to you maybe you see that and you're like nah like the guy's just cutting yeah I mean that's what I do see because I do think that and I do think he literally chewed up a piece of pizza and spat it out into a napkin. Right. Well, that's just dumb. But like, <laughs> that's just something <laughs> a dumb person would do. But like, I, I think that um, because there's less cultural pressure, the the fine line between disordered eating and eating disorder gets crossed significantly less frequently for men because we don't have this kind of pressure that creates a legitimate mental health crisis. You yeah. know, it's more just us trying to figure out what we can eat for our bodies to achieve whatever goals mm-hmm. we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I think that's a terrible thing. Like it sucks that that's the way things are, but it, I mean, it is. And that's why you have this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I do think that things are improving now. I mean, do you notice it? Cause I, sometimes I notice things and I don't know if, if, I just notice it because I'm hyper aware Mm -hmm. or if everybody notices it. Like, do you notice more representation of plus size women and just women with different bodies in the media? Have you been noticing it? Um, For sure. For sure. I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess like not really that much, though. Sometimes like I think sometimes it's the kind of thing where they parade a plus size woman out in like an ad campaign just to like show that they're doing it when in reality they don't care. Like I obviously, I also have a very low opinion of, you know, corporations in general. And I know for a fact that they're never trying to do something good. It's always them trying to to make money. It's always to make money. Right. Like that's the, that's the bottom line. And that's the thing that really skeeves me out about it is when people use the body positive movement just as another way to make money because it's trendy now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes it's really transparent that companies are doing that, but it's not always it's they're sneaky about it. Mm -hmm. I was reading an article today, actually, and maybe I'll talk about this on a future episode, but I was reading this article about, you know, do we trust the brands that are hopping on the bandwagon now? Yeah, guys, don't don't trust brands. Never, (laughs) Never trust a brand. I mean, don't trust a brand, period. Yeah. But like it, it was interesting. It was basically like. Like, how do you decide if the brand actually cares about being size inclusive or if that's just their marketing campaign? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there are are ways to do that, which is like, see how inclusive their sizing actually is. Sometimes they'll say they're size inclusive, but they only go up to an XL or Mm -hmm. 2XL, which Mm -hmm. is like not really that big, Mm -hmm. you know? So there are ways that you can tell, but I'll talk about that on a future episode. I don't mean to drag you into that. Um, Drag me in, baby. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about was something. It's come up this week. It comes up sometimes, but I have bad body image days, Mm -hmm. um, which is normal. And, you know, that happens to everybody. 
I used to not know how to deal with them because they caused me so much anxiety. Right. And now I know how to deal with them because I know that they won't last. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that, you know, fleeting. they're fleeting. But I guess I'd, I'd like to know what you see and how you feel when I express to you that I'm having poor body image or like, is there any behavior that you notice or yeah, that's what I want to ask you. Good question. Um, Is it fair for me to point out that these bad body images, image days usually occur at a certain time every month? Is that, is that unreasonable? No, it's reasonable. Okay. okay. No, it's totally reasonable. I've talked and I've, spoken about that too Mm -hmm. i get crazy body dysmorphia like the week leading up to my period yes and it's crazy i mean i don't know if it was always like that and i just didn't notice that that was the reason Mm -hmm. but now i have andy to literally track my menstrual cycle for me well i i i just know what it is because it's like pretty obvious when you're feeling down you don't just know when it is though you know how many days a cycle is you know when i'm ovulating yeah well i've never lived with a woman who was not on some form of birth control so it's been like an interesting experience to me just to kind of like figure out how all of that works because it really does make a huge impact on your mood sometimes oh my god it really does it's torture Mm -hmm. and it's like every month you think you would think it would get easier and it never does it's always a pain in the ass yeah because it's a you know it's like biochemical processes in your brain like your hormones are sometimes a little lower and a little higher and depending on where they are you feel certain ways about yourself yeah and i will say to your credit you're very understanding about those types of moments and Mm. emotional mood swings Mm -hmm. and stuff and you're very good at you will straight up tell me like this is because you have PMS like right. y- this isn't real mm-hmm. and I appreciate that so much but those feelings are still coming from a real place. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It, I mean the feelings always exist. They're just exacerbated by your current hormonal situation. Yeah. Um, so what was the question? I forget it. What, what do I, how do I handle it? What do I do? What do you see and how do you feel when I'm having oh, a I bad mean, body image moment? I don't, I don't feel, you know, I, I, it doesn't stress me out too much because. You don't feel like bad for me? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad in the sense that like, it sucks that you have to go through that, but I just try and do my best to like, you know, reassure you that it's, it's all coming from a, from a, again, like just chemicals in your brain giving you the wrong signals you know like it's not based on any reality there there's no way that you look so different today than you did literally one day ago no i know and that's what's crazy about it that's what's crazy i i i guess i i could never make somebody understand if they've never experienced Mm -hmm. that but it is so insane how you can feel so good about yourself one day and literally 24 hours later you feel like a trash pile i mean the only thing i can kind of relate to to that is back in the day when i you know had to go to an office every day and sometimes my hair looks really i take showers at night and sometimes my hair looks really good in the morning and i'm feeling great about myself when and you I, sleep on it yeah and, and i and i have i feel like i have a great day because i look good and other days when my hair looks kind of shitty and that makes me feel like i don't look as good and that makes me more self-conscious and like kind of throws me off the entire day yeah or like when you wake up with a zit or something exactly yeah same yeah. thing so that's the only thing i can i can relate to but the reality is is that 
even if let's take as an assumption that some days you actually legitimately look worse no one notices except for you yeah. like the reality is is that people who know you have an image of you that they've formed in their brains from meeting you and talking to you like you know dozens of times and one instance of them seeing you is not going to influence their image of you in their brain you know like it really doesn't like it, it would have to be you know dozens more times of you looking like that for them to then change their mental image of you right yeah that's interesting because are you saying because that's the way our brains work is we yeah like like I mean, this goes to just being self-conscious about anything about your body. So, like, let's say, like, you have, like, a big zit on your face or something. It's not like someone's looking at you and they see you with a zit and they lower their perception of you from... Like, suddenly they think you're hideous. Yeah, suddenly they, they lower you from an eight to a, to a six. You know, that's not <laughs> the way it works. Like, you're just like, oh, look, they have a zit on their face. And you keep on thinking of them the same way you thought of them before. Like, it's one instance doesn't change it. Now, if you all of a sudden have acne that doesn't go away... And you don't, and you have it for years. Then, yeah, they're going to start thinking about Their you. Their perception, the perception of you will change. Like, so even if you were to legitimately, like, be super bloated one day or something, and feel like it's incredibly obvious and yeah. everyone can see it, even if someone were to see you and were to notice it, it still wouldn't really change their perception of you in their mind. Right. Also, another thing is people don't see other people quite so zoomed in yeah. as people see themselves. Absolutely like, not. Like, if I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh, my knees kind of look like vaginas, mm -hmm. nobody's looking at my kneecap. Yeah. They're looking at a zoomed out version of me mm -hmm. and they're not hyper analyzing specific things on my body, which I know is hard to, you know, it's hard to like, it's easier said than done to ignore those feelings mm -hmm. when you're obsessed over a part of your body or you want to change something. But I think it's important to remember the way that you see other people, you're not looking at their kneecaps. So people aren't really looking at yours. Yeah. Like I've gone weeks without shaving my legs before and people have not noticed. Mm -hmm. Like nobody notices until you point it out. Right. For sure. So that's, that's, that's the thing. But like I said, like you're a very understanding, sensitive boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I'm glad you said that because all the people listening to the show were like, "Oh, this guy's a pig. He's looking at butts at the gym. <laughs> he's uh, he's he doesn't believe in the male gaze." If anybody says they don't look at butts at the gym, they're lying to you. Yeah, they're lying. They're lying. Hundred percent. So don't be mad at Andy for being a truth teller. Um, but I'm just wondering if somebody was with a partner who was less understanding or okay. who would say like, why are you in a bad mood? Oh, that's ridiculous. You look the same. Like it, somebody who is dismissive and not acknowledging those feelings. Mm -hmm. What could that person, meaning the person with the bad body image, right? what could they do to communicate their needs or help their partner understand when they're having a bad body image moment? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean... I guess it all boils down to good communication, right? It all boils down to having the ability to communicate with your partner and let them know that just because they don't understand something about you doesn't mean it's not happening. You know, like I, I think it's it, I know it's tough and I sound like a I sound like a therapist now. Like you need to communicate with your partner. Communication is really important. Folks, communicate with your partner like 
you need to have that ability to reach them and if you can't then i don't know what to tell you like it's it's then that's a bigger it's, issue it's a, that's exactly it's a bigger issue that goes beyond just you not being able to make them understand why you have bad days sometimes you know yeah like, that's fair it's 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 hard it's hard to say you know i would say if it's just this one area because i'm thinking of somebody who wrote to me yeah about their partner who he works in the medical field and mm -hmm. you know there's like all this brainwashing that goes on in the medical field about bmi and mm -hmm. all this bullshit and you know, she she was saying, this is what I believe. And he believes a different thing because he's been trained and taught this stuff. So he doesn't want to feed our kids certain things. And I think it's OK. And so I'm thinking of this woman who wrote to me. And if somebody doesn't agree with you about something like that related to health, you could send them as many articles as you want. You could have as many talks with them as you want. You're probably never going to agree. Right. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be together right. or that you have a bad relationship. Right. It just means you need to reach an understanding where they're sympathetic to the way you're feeling, even if they don't agree. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but like I come from this culture of talking about what I eat all the time like just the other day I was talking to you about how I want to start eating more food and how I want to start buying more protein and, mm -hmm. and 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 buying less cookies and stuff and yeah. I could tell that like that kind of stuff like like you didn't like me talking about that because it, it it's like it's something that you just kind of do free form you know like you like to go into a supermarket and just get whatever you feel speaks like speaks to me yeah exactly whatever speaks to you I like to create an environment in my apartment where I have food that I think I should be eating as opposed to what I want to eat. But you have plenty of treats and, you know, like you're not just for the listeners, like Andy's not restricting himself. He's not like, you know, crazy. Right. I'm not restricting myself because I, I don't gain weight like that. But if I did, I, I would maybe do restrict myself if that, if that's what I was trying to do uh, well, with that's my body not the way forward, my friend. But, well, luckily, I don't have to deal with that dilemma. But, but, okay, but we're saying you like to keep, you know, things in the house that you know are high protein because you're trying to build muscle mm -hmm. and you're trying to eat a certain amount in one day, mm -hmm. in a day. And I've said before, I don't think having goals with fitness is a bad thing or a negative thing. I only think it's a bad thing when it's interfering with your life and when you're cutting out food groups which is not something that you do yeah it's not like you you say i can never have a cookie again right it's just like you're trying to eat higher protein snacks because you're trying to put on muscle right which, like, so, to so me, that's not, not problematic right. so, so i don't want to buy cookies because i'd rather have you know sliced turkey around the house for me to eat when i'm hungry yeah but when you what you're talking about is when you say stuff like that that makes me feel like i can't eat cookies if right. I want to eat cookies. Right. Which isn't what I'm which isn't my opinion at all. You buy me some cookies, bitch. I'll buy all the cookies you want. Pepperidge Farm Sausalito cookies. Add them to the grocery list. Try them out. They're pretty yummy. They're they got macadamia so nuts. So good. Milk chocolate and macadamia, dunk it in some milk. Mwah, chef's kiss. This has been really fun. Is there anything that you wanted to bestow on the listeners or share with the listeners before we sign off? Um, 
Not exactly, but I mean, I always talk to Emily about the benefits of exercise in any form. And I know that it's difficult for people, especially people who aren't in the habit of doing it. But I truly do believe that every single person on this planet would benefit from being able to do some kind of exercise, physical activity a couple times a week. So yeah, if and- you're not and, and, and it's difficult for you, try and find something that you like, you know, try and find some kind of hobby or something that creates some kind of physical motion and go do it. And it will literally be easier every single time you do it. So after you finish that first time, no matter how shitty you feel, you will never feel that shitty again. You'll feel a little bit better each successive successive time until you start loving it and your body starts craving it and you can't live without it. And that will make a healthier you. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. And I also just one thought. I always used to hear people say, find a form of exercise that you love and then you'll you'll enjoy working out and it'll be great. And um, by the way, guys, there's a distinct possibility that I have said something similar to this. I realized only in the past few years that when people say find a form of exercise that you love, it doesn't mean like I fucking love it. Oh, no, absolutely not. I need to do it every day or else I go insane. Like I love it so much. I love it as much as uh, podcasting or listening to music. I would go as far as to say that you probably won't love it the first time you do it. You'll probably fucking hate it. Like it probably won't be fun. Something that they're not good at. Like if you're doing something for the first time, but loving a form of exercise, and I've I've learned this with weightlifting, and um, and I I felt it with other forms of exercise too. I used to really love bar. It's not that you fucking love it like you would love any hobby. You love the way it makes you feel, Mm -hmm. and it feels intentional when you do it Mm -hmm. and you look forward to that process because that process you associate it with feeling happy and healthy and getting all these endorphins and you enjoy the process of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So if anybody gets tripped up about that, just remember that it's not, there's not something wrong with you if you don't love a form of exercise, just it finding something that suits your body and that, you can actually do and it doesn't make you miserable and you can improve on it. You can set small goals. That whole process is really fun. Mm-hmm. Once you do find something that suits you. For sure. I agree. And honestly, girls, ladies, try weightlifting. Uh, More girls should do it. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. Go lift some weights, baby. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. I'm guessing you do not want people to follow you. Don't follow me. Don't follow Andy. Don't even try. Don't you dare slide in his DMs. I, I'm giving, I'm giving you something nice. So don't slide in my boyfriend's DMs. Okay, he's not going to respond. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you heard it here first. But you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Lubination. That's L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also follow the podcast, which is R.I.P. Diets. And you can write to me if you have an advice question you want me to answer on the show or just want to share your story. You can write to Diets at gmail.com. And again, for even more R.I.P. Diets content, go to patreon.com slash R.I.P. Diets. Peace be with you. (laughs) 